Hello and welcome back to the True Manhood Podcast. This is Dave Denuto, your host. Hey, I thought today we'd get into uh, a really important teaching. And it's a teaching that we have in the Catholic Church that is really beautiful and really important. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what state of life you're in. It's really, really important to know this. Uh, At school, at the Catholic school that I teach at, we teach this uh, specifically, this teaching in 8th grade. We also teach this in 12th grade. I actually incorporate it throughout all my middle school and high school courses. And in a sense, I I connect it to my strength conditioning courses that I coach as well and on the powerlifting team. I talk about this when I go and give a men's talk at a conference or a men's group or a retreat. So it really is a just a very, very important teaching. Okay, and it comes from one of my heroes, a man who was just an absolutely incredible person who gave us just a wealth of beautiful, deep, intellectual, philosophical, religious, virtue-driven information. I really believe that this is an answer to the world's ills, the world's problems. And uh, if we knew this teaching and lived this teaching, and that's the key, is to live it, it's very difficult. I think that if we did that as a culture, if our world embodied this teaching, a lot fewer problems. What is it? What is this teaching? It is, dun da da da, the theology of the body. Hey everybody, this is Dave Denuzzo, and you are listening to the True Manhood Podcast, real talk about authentic masculinity. True Manhood Podcast is a Catholic podcast brought to you by True Manhood Men's Ministry, where we work to fight the evils of pornography and the culture's ideas about manliness, while teaching virtue, striving to emulate Jesus. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God, and true man. Okay, the theology of the body comes from a man named Carol Wojtyla. Catholic nuts out there, they know this to be eventually the man who we call St. John Paul the Great. John Paul II, who was uh, our beautiful Pope only uh, two popes ago. So we're currently with Pope Francis, before him Pope Emeritus, Pope Benedict XVI, and then before him was John Paul II. And in this teaching of the theology of the body, In a nutshell, what John Paul II is is teaching us is about who the human person is, about who we are each individually and what we were placed here for, what we were meant for. And this really, a lot of it comes from, and this is how I teach it in class, a lot of this comes from our teaching and understanding in Genesis of who God is, what he's doing why he's doing it, and how we play into that. And so let's take a quick look at the beginning of our sacred scriptures. This is in the book of Genesis, which means beginning or start. And in Genesis, and you can go and read this uh, if you don't have a Bible, go online. There's lots and lots of Bibles, online sites where you can find it. I recommend that you either use the bishop's website, usccb.org, to find the Catholic scriptures, or to look up a New American Bible, a Revised Standard Version Bible, or the Dewey Rames Bible. In Genesis, what it's going to tell us is that in the beginning, God was. And this is the uh, philosophical understanding and the teaching that 
God is creator and that he is the uncreated creator. And philosophically, if you see a book, you assume there's an author. If there's a painting, you assume there's a painter. If there's a world, we assume there's a creator. Now, a lot of people won't get to that philosophically. They will not let it happen. If you're one of those listeners, well, welcome to True Manhood. And we're going to be talking about God and about his creation. And in the sense that he is creator and that he was not himself created, but that he's creator of all, that he always was and always will be. Okay, so let's say you are one of these listeners that uh, doesn't believe in God, maybe an atheist, agnostic. You just want to believe whatever you believe. That's totally cool that you're here. We're glad you are. I'm going to simply come from the standpoint of what we as Catholics believe and how we as men can live this out and specifically what the theology of the body is going to play in that, uh, how it's going to play in that for us. Okay, and so we believe that God is creator. And if you go to the catechism, which I will try to reference as much as I can, this is our, our book of explaining what we believe, why we believe it, where it comes from, and how it all is interconnected. And so the Catechism of the Catholic Church, also available online, in paragraph one, the very, very beginning, it tells us who God is. It says, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man so he may partake in his own divine life. So let me break this down for you. It talks about God being being infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, meaning he doesn't need us. He is completely fine without us. Uh, in himself is perfection and beauty, and he's just up doing his thing. He does not need us. Okay, so God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness. God makes a plan. His plan is ordered Meaning it's not chaotic. He has a plan. It's planned out. It's uh, step by step. Things work. Things go together. And a plan of sheer goodness. Freely created man. So he wasn't forced into it. He didn't. He wasn't coerced to do it. There was not some ultimatum given to him that he would do it. He doesn't get anything out of it. He does it because he wants to. He freely created man so he may partake in his own divine life. So God creates us freely, even though he's perfect, doesn't need us. He creates so that we can be with him. And this is called a relationship. And this is super duper duper important. When you get into scripture and you see in the very beginning, God as anything but father, loving father, we're going to miss the boat. Okay, so what happens in the beginning? Okay, so in this plan of sheer goodness, he creates man so he may partake in his life. But he creates all the things. He gives Adam dominion. This is the first man. This is what Adam or Adam means. So he gives mankind the ability to have dominion. He, he has authority over things. He can name things. Having power to name things is very, very important. Not that I have dominion over my children as if I could lord it over them and make them slaves to me, but I name my children. And uh, my children's names, I love them. I, it just Their names are so important to me. Uh, I have Lily Grace named after St. Joseph, Emma Catherine, named after her grandmother and her great-great-grandmother, and also my wife, David Walter Jr. He's named after me, which I will also talk about. He, because of that being named after me, I have a huge responsibility, probably more so than, than just if I had a kid. But now I have a legacy in a little human being that is named me. I can't drop the ball. 
I have to be on top of my game. And I'm a sinner. I, I will share this with you ad nauseum probably that I, I just I struggle with life. I suck at it. I struggle with virtue. I struggle with holiness. I struggle in prayer. I struggle with being a dad. I struggle with being a husband. And I got I got a lot to get right and a lot to uh, to figure out because that little man coming up under me, he's got my name. And so that name is important. And then we have Maria Cornelia. And uh, she is named after Mary. And that gives her a legacy, right, to live up to. Uh, and then Cornelia is her great-great-grandmother's name. And at some point, I would love to talk about just their names and what they mean. And hopefully that could help parents trying to find names for their kids and give them some purpose. Not to name them what my kids' names are, but some ways that we came about naming. And, and that's just some stuff I hope to do on the podcast and give some practical understanding of how things work. My wife and I married almost 12 years. Well, a lot of this stuff, we just had to figure out as we went. It would have been a lot easier if someone would have told us or helped us out. So that's hopefully what the podcast will do for some of you. Thank you for joining us on the True Manhood Podcast. Please take just a few moments and share this with other men in your lives that they may grow in authentic masculinity with us. Where was I? God gives Adam the ability to name things, have dominion and authority over them so that he can take care of them. And this is the first task that God gives to, to Adam. And he says, you are to shamar the garden. What does this mean? To cultivate, to care for, to defend, to protect, to provide for. Okay, And so ultimately, that is his home. And Adam is required, he's called to, it's a command from God, to shamar, to take care of his home, his wife, and his children. This is where Adam fails. Okay, So let's jump just slightly ahead towards the end of the second chapter in Genesis. God has created everything. Uh, we have the six days. God, he is preparing to rest, which is a celebration of his covenant. A covenant being that sacred bond that he unites himself with humans. Okay, and this is, again, that plan of sheer goodness. It's always covenant. It's always covenant. If you read the Old Testament or the New Testament, you don't understand What's going on? Get to the covenants. Okay, a great book is called A Father Who Keeps His Promises, written by Dr. Scott Hahn. And I recommend that book highly so that you can understand the covenants and just understand the scriptures. If you don't come from the right standpoint, you're not going to get this. So God is trying to bond himself to his people. God first sets out that Adam would have this helpmate. And Adam is uh, put into a deep sleep, wakes up sees the woman and says, Whoa, man! Get it? That's a bad Bible joke. Whoa, man, woman. Yes, he sees the woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad humor. He sees the woman. He says, finally, this is, this is the one for me. This is my helpmate. This is who I'm supposed to shamar for. And then we see this beautiful exchange of person. We see their wedding. We see their vows. Up to this point, it talks about them separately, and then we get right into their, their wedding. This is the original covenant through marriage. God desired to have a covenant with his people using the framework of the marriage, where the two shall cling to one another and become one flesh. Okay, And this is part of this teaching of, uh, of the theology of the body. Okay, So if we know that we were created by God, ultimately... To share in his life, okay? He himself is love. And because he is love, 
we are trying to mimic that. We do this most perfectly, okay, because God is Father, Son, and Spirit. It is this perfect exchange of personhood between the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so in the marriage, can you see in this covenant that when the male gives to the female, the man to his wife, the two become one, and then life comes forth from this in the child, okay? In class, I call this spiritual math. One, the male, plus one, the female, equals three. One plus one equals three. Man plus woman equals baby equals the family. And this is a beautiful image. It mirrors the Trinity. Perfect giving of selves to one another. Um, the family is a this image that... that um, the culture wants to destroy. And the culture, because it's led by the devil and his lies, often gets mistaken. But in the theology of the body, we see that God has a plan for us. He makes us a gender, first of all, in our DNA. He makes us male and he makes us female. And that, therefore, gives us our roles in which we live out. Uh, again, for the male to not only shamar, like it tells us in Genesis, but as St. Paul said, for us to love our wives like Christ loved the church. Ultimately, this giving of ourself poured out fully, which is what Jesus did on the cross. And that's what we're supposed to mimic. Beautiful that we are in our beautifully created human sexuality, that which we are, male and female, that's the first use of the word sex, is gender, not the action of intercourse. It is our gender, who we are, created for something. So God, in this plan, this plan of sheer goodness, he created us so we can partake in his life, which is love, which is what we should therefore do. We, it is in the format of ultimately giving of self. Now, somebody might be wondering, what about a priest? How does a priest live this out? Well, he fully gives himself. It's not in a sexual way. He gives up his use of his sexuality and the celibacy that he that he vows to give himself over fully to the church, who is the bride. Okay, he is in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, and the bride, his church, is this perfect union. And he gives his life for that. And that is incredibly beautiful and directly from theology of the body. The woman who becomes the, the, the spouse of Jesus himself, who in the religious life gives over her in her celibacy the gift of herself. She gives it over to Jesus in that sense. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful example of self-sacrifice and uh, giving of oneself. It's, it's amazing. Thank you to the religious and to our priests. You will always have my support. Very, very, very important. So the theology of the body it, therefore, if we are going to live love, there's got to be a set of standards. There's got to be a way that we live this out. And the way that we live this out is through living the virtue of chastity, which is the proper use, living an ordered sexuality. And our human sexuality, it's so important to us. This is why the devil desires to tear it down. We'll talk about the five biggest lies of the devil. Not that he only has five. He has many. But I believe that in our culture right now, he has five main lies that he used. And these are big, big lies. And they are all going to attack our human sexuality. 
So also in the theology of the body, it's going to teach this beautiful understanding of not only were we created by God because he loves us, but we were therefore created to love. And that's what happens in uh, our human interaction, interaction with God, just interaction with anybody. Love is what the gospel message is. Love is what you see on the cross. Love is this perfect union of the holy family. Love is what it's all about. Love is everything. Love is super hard because we are selfish and we are arrogant and we are pride-filled. Oh, wait, this is just, maybe it's just me? No, I know that a bunch of people struggle with the same things I do, but uh, we're human. And it, it is difficult to live love and it is ridiculously hard. So the Theology of the Body, if you don't know what this is, I want to encourage you, you can get a book. It's called Theology of the Body for Beginners. It's written by an author, Christopher West. It's a great, great resource. Okay, so uh, Theology of the Body for Beginners, I highly recommend it. If you have children of any age, you need to be learning this. You need to be able to teach them and helping call them to that higher standard. We will get into the Theology of the Body more. I want to make sure that I honor your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Live love, folks. Live love. Guys, if you're listening to me, this is not just for the women. This is not just a romantic thing. This is an actual pouring out of self, just like Jesus did on the cross. Thank you for joining us. True man up. You've been listening to a Catholic podcast by True Manhood Men's Ministry. Please share our ministry with your friends and family. Find us on social media and visit us online at truemanhood.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode.